The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Warning. This episode contains foul language, mentions of murder, and EVPs you may want to check out with a set of headphones. get together and chat about something weird and this season we are cranking up the dials and turning our amps to 11 and stuffing as much strangeness in as possible this week we have a mystery segment or two and one mondo special segment where we will be discussing the history and findings of the study of electronic voice phenomena is it real or is it in our heads can anyone record an evp and what kind of equipment would you need to do it What are the voices trying to tell us, and who in the hell are these voices anyway? Find out all of this and more as we journey into the wonderful world of weird. (laughs) My name is Ashley, and this is my co-host, Lauren. Hello, weirdos. Hello, babies. It's weirdo time. It's Weirdo Wednesday. Just kidding. It is Monday. It, it sure um, is. And I have a case of the Mondays, mostly because so do I. I'm seeing your beautiful face over the screen, which is nice and doesn't always happen. Sometimes we're only hearing each other's voices, but it's kind of bittersweet because I got to see you in person the other day. I know. And now like, I want nothing else. It was so great. And we're in the t- same time zone. That is. What a, what a treat. It is magnificent. I do like that a lot. It's really great. It's five o'clock somewhere. Here. For both of us. 5.07 p.m. <laughs> Here in Illinois. I'm in Chicago. She- yeah, and even though my segment's crazy long today, I do think maybe we should touch on why we weren't here last week. Kind of a big story. <laughs> a big deal in Ashley's life, guys. Kind of a big issue. Mm-hmm. We were actually supposed, supposed to record last week's episode last Monday, um, but Sunday... We were awoken, Joe and I were awoken at about 4 a.m. to a horrifying, blazing house fire. And it was so scary. And I do kind of want to go over the events because some spookiness did happen. What? That night. So when I 
So I usually go to bed before Joe. Mm-hmm. I usually go to bed like two to three hours before him. You and he, yeah. you just talked we connected about this. You over guys this. are the night owls. I, you like to stay up. I stay up you three like hours to, after like, Alex. Snack, stay yep, up, he's watch used TV. to it now. I just got to yeah. enjoy that alone time, you know? <laughs> um, I go to bed before Joe. And usually, you know, I wake up and Joe's there. But this night, I went to bed before Joe. And um, I did blow out my candles in the bathroom. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. But it could be that one of them was still lit. We actually don't even know what started the fire still, um, which is weird and crazy. That is weird. But anyways, I went to sleep. At one point in the night, I woke up and Joe was in bed with me. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, there he is. And I like went back to sleep. But then I heard talking in the other room and I was like, what the fuck is that? And then I realized it was one of his like YouTube videos. But he watches a lot of like historical like stuff to like – enhance his brain Such a nerd. i mean that's why he's so smart it's fine that's why he knows everything Geek. that's why we watch we watch fucking vanderpump, vanderpump rules, rules. that's why we don't know the difference my, between north south east my and west. brain is a pea <laughs> a pea size <laughs> the pea and it's full of pea mush, <laughs> mush. truth so anyways i hear that from the other room and i was like what hmm. like why did he leave the tv on and then i looked back over and he wasn't in bed with me so that was weird, but weird. I just went back to sleep and just like chalked it up to nothing until I was woken up at 4 a.m. Um, from him screaming, fire, fire, get the cats, call 911. Oh my gosh, I cannot imagine so, that moment. <sighs> yeah, it was bad. I won't go into like too many details aside from we lost the whole room. We lost the whole bathroom. Joe saved our asses. If he had not been asleep on the couch, I don't know... I don't think that we would have been awoken by the fire until it was in our bedroom, oh of which gosh. there's no escape. Right. So we would have had to bro- break out the windows, and I don't know how we would have gotten in to get our cat. It's horrifying to think about. It is. I'm very happy that he passed out on the couch, and it woke him up, and he wasn't behind a closed door with sleep sounds with, on, I was going like to say I with was. sound machines. Alex and I are the same way. Yeah. Sometimes I'm like, shoot, do we need to leave our door cracked? Like, we will never hear an emergency. Like, we obviously have a monitor for Wilder, so we can hear his every sound. But it's like, yeah, if there were a fire, we wouldn't hear a damn thing. It is like a wind tunnel in our room at all times, so... Well, and and I, you know, we're taught about fire safety growing up, obviously, and yeah. and I remember even making a joke uh, in a past season where I was like, "Were are fires that serious?" Because I feel like every month we had a fire safety totally. thing. I was always convinced that I was going to die in a house fire <laughs> because of how often it they was were like, the "Fire safety, feel the doorknob, yeah. see if it's hot." You know what I mean? Yep. Um, but it spread so fast, like. Joe heard basically at start, like he didn't know what it was. He thought it was me like mulling around right. and then he looked over and saw the flames. But like Joe immediately jumped into action and started putting out the fire. And luckily it didn't get out of our bathroom at all. Like even the molding around the door is all bubbled and charred, yeah. but it did not get out of the bathroom. Which is amazing. And let me tell you, your smoke detector will not go off when a fire starts. It's only going to go off after it detects smoke. So yeah. this smoke detector, which was like very close to the bathroom, did not go off until Joe basically had the fire out. So oh my God. 
Like, thanks really for doing awful. your job, um, smoke detector. We didn't detector. record last week. Yeah. <laughs> Why does my smoke detector go off when um, I'm frying bacon? But when there's an actual fire, it's not going to help me. I don't seriously. really understand. And then there's a raging fire and the yep. smoke detector's like, you're good. You're fine, man. You're it's good. in there. It's in that room. You're fine, probably. A foot away. But <sighs> we are totally fine. So The glad. kitties are totally fine. We are okay, yeah. and they're working on it now. We've had the restoration team out all week to take care of the smoke damage, and then um, what's funny is I was supposed to be getting my bathroom renovated <laughs> last week anyway because the tile in my shower is like horrible, uh-huh. and they're taking it all out, and they're like reapplying. They were just going to put like a new shower I don't know, vinyl. I, I don't know. I don't know how this shit works. Yeah, they were going to redo my shower. Right. So that was supposed to start on Monday. Obviously, it didn't because the whole room is charred. But Man. <laughs> well, now they have to do, redo the whole bathroom. I hope Sorry, you get fellas. your dream bathroom now. <laughs> it better be exactly you. what you want. <laughs> oh, that is so crazy. But I'm so happy you guys are okay. And I still got to go oh and God. visit Ashley and see her house for the first time, mm-hmm. which was so great. And besides the bathroom, poor little gal. Um, the rest of their house <laughs> looks amazing, and it didn't even smell like smoke anymore. So there are so many yeah. things to be grateful for. I'm just so happy you're still so with many us. things to be grateful for. Yes. Um, and uh, it was great. You know, I have to give me and Joe a shout out. Joe more than me. Just I didn't even have to take Xanax because he handled Do you everything. Know how far I have come. That is. <laughs> Do you know how far I've amazing. come as an anxious, anxiety riddled human who like couldn't used to not be able to go to the grocery store. Mm-hmm. I didn't even have to take Xanax the day of the fire, and Joe was so amazing. You know when you're in those panic situations, like you don't know how your partner's going to react. No. Really, like we've never had a situation like that, and like not once was he like snappy with me or anything he was just like very no nonsense yeah like, like let's call go get the cats, get the cats put them in the sunroom right. we're doing this where are you what you know yeah. what i mean it was just i don't know that is oh, it's so wonderful to know that that is your partner yeah and then like that day we were like laughing together and i was like i just can't tell you how much i appreciate having a husband who after we have a house fire we can just like kind of laugh and play together yeah and i don't know and be thankful it's reassuring yeah that is so great Good to know how he would react because I am not that way. And Alex yeah. found that out mm-hmm. when, I mean, nothing even close to your situation, but a small <laughs> fire started in our oven. I feel like I told you this because I think it was a night we had to record and I was like, I'm late. A fire started in our oven because some foil fell down into the bottom part and caught oh, on God. fire and it was mm-hmm. like greasy. It was just a perfect storm. And so a fire was starting and black smoke was starting to billow out of our oven. Wilder was pretty little still so because I, I remember I was able to like scoop him up. But then Alex, similar to Joe, was just kind of like, okay, where's our extinguisher? Where's that? Like he jumped into action. I was just holding Wilder like, ah! I was just screeching. I did nothing. <laughs> I like paused. In, to in be shock. honest, your reactions to shocking events are usually just screaming. Yeah. Like, like when, when you were here the other day and Penny jumped on the, <laughs> she jumped on the chair you were sitting on. I've never heard someone scream like that um, <sighs> in a non-life threatening situation. I know. You would have been great in a slasher, is all I'm saying. Oh, you would have yes, been really and I would be the first one to die, and I'd have a really good scream. You would. I'd be a good scream. Yeah. I can't say scream queen, because I would die. Scream, scream gal. <laughs> I'm the scream, scream gal. gal. <sighs> anyway. <laughs> 
Anyway, um, so fires are weird and scary, and that's over, and hopefully I never have another one. But goodness gracious, yeah. Thank you guys for being cool uh, with us taking last week off. We have a really good episode for you. Lauren's going to start us out. I don't even know what she's got. And I love it. I have brought um, a couple segments today, but I wanted to kick things off with a new segment because Ashley got to bring us some new fun ideas last time with our ever-changing podcast that we have going on right now. So this can be workshopped, but here's what I have so far for the intro to this. Where in the world is Keep It Weird going? Where in the world is Keep It Weird going? Grab your passport, book a hotel, and let's go to a weird town. Yeah. <laughs> what is there to workshop? That's the most perfect thing I've ever heard. Great. So where in the world are we going? <laughs> where is where Keep we It going? Weird going? I based this off of one of our, like, most fun episodes where we talked about the strangest places in the world and talked about just the most hilarious, bizarre, disgusting towns and weird things that they have in them. It was so much fun. Uh, So I wanted to keep going on that and bring a little weirdness, maybe places you can visit, maybe places you never, ever want to visit. You know, like it's whatever (laughs) you want. Um, So today we are going to Mother Russia. Ooh. Um, We're heading over to Russia. And, you know... There's probably a lot of things over in Russia that could make this (laughs) list, but today we are going to southern Russia. Um, There is a large Buddhist city, the largest Buddhist city in all of Europe. It is in uh, a town called Elista. Okay. In addition to giant monasteries and huge Buddhist sculptures, Elista is also home to some royalty. Maybe people didn't know this. Some kings and queens, but not in the way you might be thinking. Because on the east side of Alista is a place called Chess City, a small, strange little town that is basically the size of a subdivision, like a nice big neighborhood. Um, It has a large central four-story dome, which is its city hall or city chest hall, and an Olympic village-esque living area that surrounds it where people can live, work, whatever. And it was created for one reason and one reason only, to play chess. to worship chess, to talk about chess, just to be the chess capital of the world. It is a chess city and nothing else. Um, As the New York (laughs) Times called it, chess is king and the people are the pawns. (laughs) And that is so true. (laughs) That's it. People don't even matter. It's all about chess. Um, Chess City was built in 1998 by chess fanatic... I'm not going to be able to say this man's name correctly. We all knew this was coming. Uh, Kirsan Ilyumzanov, sure. who was an egotistical, aggressive leader of Russia's Kalmykia province and president of the International Chess Federation, who claims to have been, this is where it gets even weirder, abducted by aliens, who told him that he must bring chess to Elista. Chess aliens? And chess aliens, chess Loving little alien guys abducted him, checked him out and said, you get us. You like chess. We've been eyeing you. We've been studying you for a while. We see that you are one of us. You you like this game of chess. So do we. So I need you to bring chess to your city. The city of Elista, it needs a chess town. All chess all the time. Chess capital of the world. Can you do it for us? And he's like, duh, got you. Bet, as the kids say. (laughs) So... Following the aliens' directions, Elyumzanov 
crazy man, built Chess City just in time to host the 33rd Chess Olympiad in grand fashion. Got it all set up. Got his amazing dome, Chess City Hall. Um, The whole town, like this big event, featured a swimming pool, a chess museum, a large open-air chess board, of course, and a museum of Buddhist art. Chess City hosted... Because you got to have the Buddhist stuff. Yeah. What a mishmash. Okay, go on. It was like, wait, we are a Buddhist city. So, like, if you're going to do the chest, like, do the chest. (laughs) Also throw in the Buddhist statue, please. Um, So, Chess City hosted hundreds of elite grandmasters of the game, brilliant minds, um, and very special people like the Dalai Lama were even present there in its first few years. Um, and was at that event in 1998 when it was first built and that very first event. And then it was also home to several smaller chess championships in later years, including the 2004 ooh, Women's World Chess Championship and the 2006 World Chess Championship. It was meant to be the center of the chess universe. You know what? I was being very judgmental because as soon as you said like, oh, it was a home to the Women's Chess Championship, I was being very judgmental because I immediately thought this is all dudes. There's no women allowed. Mm -hmm. There's some like weird. So there's women there too. It's not just men. Yes. Wow. Yes. It is not just men, but you do have to be a chess player and you need to know about chess. Like I could be looked down upon and judged. Yeah. (laughs) They would be like, get the They'd be like, ma'am. We appreciate your interest in our alien overlords and our alien chess overlords, but you're not invited to this. It's going to be a no. Can't be here. Yeah. Only chess players. Very smart people allowed. Um, Another fun little thing is that is there is a statue of a fictional literary con man named Ostop Bender. Um, his character in the book apparently is obsessed with chess, and he also had the belief that there should be a chess world capital and a place where people can meet and only talk about and play chess, all these like-minded individuals. So he is their fictional chess superhero. He has a statue. The Russians love him. <laughs> Um, So that all is like fun and weird. We can laugh about that. But I want to end by saying, while Chess City brought temporary international attention to the city of Elista, it was highly controversial because the city of Elista is very poor. It is an impoverished city and cutting food subsidies in order to fund this giant $50 million complex for short term use and basically for to be a tourist trap surprisingly wasn't a popular idea with a lot of the Russian people. So it was always controversial. But basically, Kalmykia is a very poor country of 300,000 people, little resources, dry, hot desert climate. So once the Chess Olympiad was over and some of those tournaments, Chess City became sparsely used and largely vacated. Um, You can still visit it, but really nobody is living there. And it was such a slap in the face to all of the people of Alista being like, okay, so it didn't even last that long, but you took all our money and it's still just sitting there. Yeah. And you're the worst. So you could have given us food. So it's not great. And apparently there are still future plans to add on to it, like getting a water sport complex and like a skiing center, adding government buildings. We'll see what happens. Obviously, people are still a little unhappy about it, but maybe they could bring in some more money and give it to their people. Kalmykia, that would be nice. And that I wonder why they chose that area. What did the aliens say too? Because there was, um, you know, ooh, 
where was it? That Florida town that was all mediums and psychics. Yes. They were told right. by, you know, some spiritual communication where that, to that build. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the man, this leader who was abducted by these aliens, he said they specifically said, bring Chess City to Elista, this region. But also, that's where his leadership was. So I think he was just like, my hometown, please. (laughs) And that's what happened. It's here. (laughs) For sure. It's right here. Um, So yeah, probably won't be visiting there because I won't be allowed in, but interesting. I don't think I'll ever make it to Russia. And I, if I do... I don't think I will seek out the chess capital. I've never actually played chess. Me either. Well, I mean, I've like I've fake tried. played when I was little. I moved <laughs> around the pawns, but I you played checkers with a chessboard. Got it. Yes, I, correct. I've tried. I tried to learn once because I bought Joe. Joe loves chess, and I bought him. Of a, course, he does. Know, this is what I'm saying. So that is not a surprise. I bought him. Actually, a Russia, a Soviet chessboard from World War II for Christmas oh, one year. Cool. And it's really cool. And it smells like cigars. And it was on some sort of Soviet ship. And it was their chessboard. And I bought it for him for Christmas. And like ever since, it was like five years ago, it was like, I, you have to learn chess so you can play chess with me. And I tried to learn one time online. And I was like, nope, my mushy pea brain ain't going to take this one in. No. I'll learn one day, though. Same. I know. I it is really something I want to learn even if I only play like once or twice. It's it's something that I've wanted to learn cuz I truly am just being lazy. Because yeah. I it's the same as you. I think I tried to do online chess once and I was like, "Oh, I don't really get it." and just signed off. Yeah, like I don't want to be a so. chess master. I just kind of want to, you no. know, like know a little yeah. chess. You know. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was a weird place that will never go. It sure was. If you guys yeah. out there, if you've ever been to the chess city, let us know. We want to hear about it. Write in. Leave us a message on our voicemail. I don't know. Oh, yeah. Our voicemail. We have a phone now. 626-686. What's the last four? <laughs> Hold on. I'll find out. I know. Out. I wrote it. Oh, 626. Hey. 626-686-1821. 1-8-2-1. 626-686-1821. Call us. Leave us a voicemail. We've gotten a couple voicemails so far. They're really adorable. Um, I, I know. I was dying. <laughs> I can't wait to it's so good. Uh, play some in the future. But yes. right now, we need to come up with um, uh, a name for our paranormal segment. What if it's just like... Ooh. Uh, now it's time to head to Paranormal Alley. Down the alley we go. <laughs> time to join the ghosts and goons of Paranormal Paradise. <laughs> paranormal Paradise. Paranormal I like that. Paradise. I was trying to think of another P word, but Paradise, maybe not. Uh, paradise pa- for us. It's paradise for us. Yeah. It's not for, everyone. not for everyone. It's definitely not for Alex Ogle. No. I'll tell you that. Joseph Oaks. We'll just we'll call true, it. This true, is true, our true. paranormal paradise. That's right. And this, I mean, it's our show. So That's sorry. True. Okay, so today I am going back to a topic that we covered in our first handful of episodes all the way back in season one, 2017. Holla. But over the last six years, <laughs> we have learned so much more about the science side of the paranormal, and I have so much to share with you. So we are going to be discussing EVPs. 
Woo woo! I love it. I know. I they're so creepy and they're so creepy. One of my favorite things in the paranormal world. And when people hear EVPs, I know their first thought is ghost hunters, ghost ad- adventures, right. videos on YouTube titled Five Scariest EVPs Ever Recorded, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And yeah. uh, or maybe they think of our episodes cuz we've caught a few as well. But what a lot of oh people gosh, the Biltmore. The Biltmore. We caught um we caught one at the cemetery in Culver City. Oh, right. I don't remember what that cemetery was called. Me either. That one was really clear too. We that couldn't understand. That one was very language, strange. Was very it was in French as well. Like yeah. who? Ooh. Um we had a couple listeners write in with their ideas of what it was. We caught an EVP at um uh my apartment while we were recording which i'll play later like we've caught these strange voices on our recordings before what Mm. a lot of people don't know is that the study of electronic voice phenomena has been around since the existence of radios and recording devices and there actually has been some really terrifying discoveries and even tests that have held up to the scientific method basically meaning that you can do it and you can repeat it and get results so, okay, well, <laughs> how the interest <laughs> in these strange voices coming through static and radio waves began, it can definitely be attributed to the spiritual movement of the 1800s. Belief in spirits and mediums were widespread, and along with new technology came new ways of exploring this phenomenon. Like, obviously, when photography came along, it was used in this capacity as a way to explore, demonstrate, or attempts to prove that paranormal phenomena actually existed. And when recording devices came along, it was true of that as well. Thomas Edison himself was asked in an interview with Scientific American to comment on the using of his inventions to communicate with spirits, and his response was, yes, if the spirits were only capable of subtle influences, a sensitive recording device would do much better than, say, Ouija boards or tapping on tables, like the amount of energy that it would take to, say, communicate through a recording device as opposed to pushing something across a table it's it's a huge difference so yeah yeah absolutely huge amount of energy yeah there's even rumors throughout history that thomas edison actually designed a device specifically for attempts at communicating with the dead but no hard proof oh. uh that this device was ever created has ever come to light so who knows okay well i'm gonna choose to believe <laughs> that thomas edison was a weirdo, was a weirdo <laughs> and there's a weird device out there so an american photographer named attila von chalet was among the first to try recording what he believed to be voices of the dead in 1941 he attempted by using a 78 rpm record but it wasn't until 1956 after switching to a reel-to-reel tape recorder that he believed he was successful He recorded voices saying things like, this is G, and Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to all, which is kind of strange. Also, sweeties. Also, how nice. (laughs) Really cute. (laughs) Then there were other cases around the 1950s as well that occurred as accidents. In 1959, for example, a Swedish painter and film producer named Friedrich Jurgensen was using reel-to-reel recorders to record bird songs. And during playback, he heard what he believed to be his late father's voice, and later on in the recording, the voice of his deceased wife calling his name. He went on to make several recordings, including one that he said contained a message from his late mother. 
And that's actually an interesting part of EVP studies that we should discuss later. People do seem to become obsessed with it after hearing one of these voices come through on a recording, especially if you hear another one or two or three. Like, it seems people really kind of start to devote their life to it. And yeah, I understand that. Yeah, it's totally understandable. Like, especially if a voice that sounds like your dead wife says your name in a recording, you'd probably do little else with your time. Like, yes, I would devote all of my time to it because I would only want to hear their voice over and over. You know, Mm -hmm. it's like I would be I would want to be chasing that and I'd want to learn to understand it more Mm -hmm. and see how I could recreate it. I would yeah, try to communicate further. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But despite the act of recording with the hopes of hearing voices, you know, it began with the spiritual movement. A lot of the men and women who worked in this phenomena um, back in the day, and even today, believed they were working with natural science. They didn't look at it as a paranormal, woo-woo, supernatural thing because they were using natural resources. When a lot of the early work was being done, you know, the golden age of EVPs, if you will, we were recording on tape. And I think that's really important to note because when we are recording on tapes, there's a lot of natural things occurring. As a technical process, you know, the microphone's attached to a tape recorder, sound waves are picked up by the microphone and it converts them into electronic pulses. Those electronic pulses are then amplified inside the tape recorder and passed through the recording head, which gives out a magnetic pulse. Then it's recorded on magnetic tape. So sound waves, electronic pulses, magnetic pulses, radio waves, electricity, those are all natural things in our world. Radios, recorders, microphones, televisions, those are just the machines that we built in order to harness or manipulate these natural forces to do what we want them to do. Right. Which is so crazy to think about, that we're just taking all these natural forces and then we put it on this little thing that we're talking into right now. It's all just yeah. crazy. And like, like recorders today, the reason that we don't use, we try not to use digital recorders is because that's a completely different science. It's not like the old right. tapes where totally all these natural things were occurring. And, you know, we didn't invent radio. Radio waves mm-hmm. are ancient. They were here long before we existed. So... I think it was, I didn't write it down, but I think it was like 1880 that we discovered radio waves. So it hasn't been that long. That's wild. Yeah. But I say all this because it's so easy to lump these early and current scientists into mystics and mediums, but that's not really the case at all. They're actually listening to these voices and going, what? How is this happening? If there's not a voice in the room making the sounds to appear on these tapes how is it happening what is happening how is that getting picked up yeah and uh throughout all the studies the voices themselves are very interesting as well um some people say they don't believe in evps because they think the microphone is picking up a signal from somewhere else which again we know is possible with today's electronics digital right electronics are constantly affecting other digital electronics Um, And in the case of a ghost box or a radio recording situation, even more so people believe they're just fragments of radio signals being picked up from other places. Totally get it. Yeah. But. Totally possible. The voices we're talking about are inherently different and have their own weird characteristics. 
They sound like humans, like, and we've tested some of the voices that have come in. They can come from human vocal cords. They're not, it's not a situation Mm -hmm. like The Exorcist where it's like, this doesn't, this is not a human's voice. They are like, it seems like they are coming from human vocal cords, but they have their own speech patterns and they usually speak very rapidly. There's usually a mixture of languages involved, like sometimes one, two, five languages in, in a single sentence. They speak in a rhythm, which is interesting. A lot of researchers oh. have just kind of guessed that it has to do with whatever means of communication they are using. Because if we're here with our recorder, what are they using wherever they are Right to communicate? Yeah, what's their tool? The only thing I could think of that, to compare it to is sort of like talking to like Stephen Hawking, where like his speech mm-hmm. pattern is going to be a lot different than ours because he's typing it and the oh, words yeah. are coming through on a device. This robotic voice, exactly. Yeah. Um, usually, the mode of speech is a shortened telegram style phrase or sentence, and grammar is almost always thrown out the window, which is fine sure. with me because I'm not <laughs> good at <Thank> it. Yeah. <laughs> That's our style. We like it. So I learned all this years after we captured an accidental EVP. Um, This EVP Mm -hmm. was early on in the podcast. It was our first season. It was myself, Lauren, and our guest, um, who was director and photographer Kelly Reed. And the episode itself was about angels and demons and how believing in them affects human behavior. And uh, what you're going to hear is something none of us heard at the time of recording. It was only after when I was editing the episode that I heard this voice. So Kelly's telling us a story about someone she knew personally whose brother was murdered in public by a man who claimed that the devil told him to do it. So first I'll play the original audio and then I'll play the enhanced version. I remember that distinctly growing up like. That's probably the only person I know who had someone that was murdered. Yeah. But I remember that distinctly growing up, like. That's probably the only person I know who had someone that was murdered. Yeah. I haven't listened to that in so long, but it just gave me the chills all over again because, yeah, it's, to me, it's such a clear whisper, you know, when you. Yeah. Go in and I'm sure, like, obviously you made it, you amplified it, made it louder. But it's like, it's a voice that wasn't any of us, but there she blows. There she blows. It's very clearly a whisper. And as far as I can tell from listening to it, you know, 8,000 times, it sounds like a whisper saying, brother was murdered. Like, they were repeating, like, brother was murdered. Like, that's what she just said. Yeah. And um, if I were to hear this, I would assume that one of us during the recording whispered, brother was murdered at this point but the thing is none of us did we did not hear this Mm-mm. and yet it is there um and this is long before i knew how to edit shit like today i could probably genuinely fake an evp for laymen not for professionals but for laymen mm-hmm. i could probably genuinely fake it in 2017 i wouldn't know where to start no. so absolutely not we were beginners we were amateurs we were, there were three of us recording on one <laughs> blue one microphone mic. okay season one <laughs> was a snowball. tough hang <sighs> we did our we best. did our best and honestly no one's ever complained so the reason that i i picked that particular evp is not only because of the clarity at which it was picked up 
because that is mind-blowing. Very clear. But also because of another theory, a consciousness theory, that these voices are somehow vibrations and electronic pulses being generated by our own brains. Hmm. Which is not crazy. Like, it's shocking. No. And it makes you go like, <laughs> but it's not but crazy. Wait. Questioning everything <laughs> I've ever believed. <laughs> Our brains are electronic. We know that. I actually looked it up. We use 20 watts to power our brains. 20 watts could charge four iPhones. So, geez, I wish I could just plug in up here. Seriously. Well, I think, you know, you know, Uncle Fester can put a light bulb in his mouth and it lights up. That's true. He was using his powers. He (laughs) He was using his his wattage. We essentially are animated through electricity. So the idea that our thoughts could somehow manifest themselves through another form of electricity is not crazy. Um, No. Like, for example, when you read or think in your head, do you hear your own voice? I do. But I've recently learned not everyone does. And that also blew my mind. But I hear myself. Well, think of your dad's voice. Can you hear it? Yes. Yeah. So it's in there. Like we can, we can Uh create it in our brains. Right. So if Uh that electricity is somehow connected to another form of electricity that is natural to this earth, like what if that form of electricity could pick it up and just like play it back for you? Wow. And that blew my fucking mind because in that moment, it is very, (laughs) very, very realistic that one of us was thinking, holy shit, her brother was murdered. Her brother was murdered. And then it was put out there. And then it was just like, brother was murdered. Oh my gosh. Isn't that wild? I'm questioning my whole existence on this planet (laughs) at the moment. You know, like if you're a listener, you can't see, but I'm just kind of dumbfounded. That is okay. That is totally believable. And I actually understand that. Yeah. Like, okay. It's new. One man that I need to touch on, though, is Konstantin Raudiv. He wrote a a book called Breakthrough, an Amazing Experiment in Electronic Communication with the Dead, in which he details exactly how they conducted conducted their experiments, as well as transcripts of over 25,000 voices. 25,000. 25,000. And even though, so the title suggests he believes he was communicating with the dead. Not the case. One, that happened when it was published in 1971. (laughs) Uh, They changed the title. In 1968, it was titled simply, What is Inaudible Becomes Audible. Not catchy, okay? Mm -mm. But he even says in the book he doesn't wish to give the impression through the voices that he has chosen to feature within the book that he's like, bent on any particular hypothesis, interpretation, explanation. He's simply reporting and documenting what was heard on these recordings. And the only reason he even steps into the realm of communicating with the dead is that these voices constantly bring up the fact that they're dead. (laughs) (laughs) They want to talk about it. (laughs) They constantly bring up the fact that they're dead. Like literally to the point of like some of his deceased relatives coming through being like, hey, it's me, Teresa, your dead aunt. Like some of them were really wild, but a lot of the times they reference the fact that they were dead people. Um, Like, hey, I want to talk about me for a second. Yeah, I want to talk about me for a second. I'm for sure dead. (laughs) So this man recorded over 100,000 audio tapes under laboratory conditions. Over 400 people were involved in his research, all of which heard and or studied the voices. Wow. 
Now, the Smiths actually used a sample of one of the tapes in their song, Rubber Ring, if you've ever heard the song Rubber Ring. And I do have a clip here. I want to just let you hear a sample of like what they were recording. So you'll hear sort of the um, the EVP. It's in another language, so you're not going to be able to understand it. But then you hear a woman right. coming in to explain what was said on this recording. Then, in Swedish and German, du sowas willst nicht glaube. You are sleeping. You do not want to believe. Ooh. Wake the fuck up. <laughs> Wake up. Wake and up. you can you don't believe definitely listen to this and be like, who fucking knows what that voice is saying? Like, how do we know that that's what they're saying? Like, sure. what if that's just what they heard? Well, I do have to add, Constantine and his team did not translate the voices. The voices were actually sent to professional listeners and translators who in some cases didn't even know what they were listening to and transcribing or translating. They, they were, were simply, they were experts in linguistics, spoken language, mm -hmm. and they would send back transcripts of the tape. And um, occasionally, Constantine and his team would obviously hear a recording and be like, damn, that's clear as day, you know, but everything was sent off to others to, to translate and potentially hear things that they did not so that they couldn't be influenced. And apparently, I learned this while studying. Apparently, it's very, very difficult for human beings to hear multiple layers of audio at a time, which is why we are so susceptible to hypnotism and brainwashing techniques and things like that, because our brains are like electronic math. And if you know the code, you can kind of just fuck around with it, which is terrifying. Yeah. It is terrifying. <laughs> it's Being so hypnotized scary. in general is terrifying to me for that reason that like, I have witnessed people you know at those shows getting hypnotized which i fully believe is real because i people i know have Absolutely. gone up on stage gotten put to sleep and woken up and been like a character whoever the hypnotist told them to be and that like really fucks with me when i think about it too much I'm like how did he do that to their brain but it's because they know the code like yeah. you said you just have to know how to break into that math and you're right. in you can just jack mm -hmm. in like the matrix yep Truly. So that's horrifying. But it is. <laughs> um, the reason that they did this, obviously, is to cut down on the amount of people saying you're just hearing what you want to hear. Um, because mm, I know yeah. that's why we put out that brother was murdered clip at first, because it didn't be it wasn't as clear to us at the time when it was saying we knew it was a whisper. And we asked people like, what do you hear when you hear this? What is what do you hear? And the general consensus was brother was murdered brother was murdered and then we're like okay so we're we weren't forcing that other yeah. people heard it as well yeah science has all but dismissed evps and not even because it's not happening simply because they haven't figured out how it's happening why it's happening and we haven't been able to find a way to completely communicate one-on-one -on -one. like there's never been a like hi how are you good how are you i'm good are you dead yes i'm dead like there's never been <laughs> a clear Back and forth conversation like that, but I honestly, truly believe it's just a matter of finding the right conditions and using the correct means in order mm. to find a proper connection to these voices, whether they're voices of the dead, voices from another dimension, or voices from our own heads. Like, maybe it really is from our own brains. But 
this is cool. In 2008 and 2009, a woman named Dr. Annabella Cardoso conducted controlled experiments in Spain that were inspired by the work of Friedrich Jurgensen and Konstantin Vladiv <laughs> to try and replicate their findings, and she fucking did. She's a G. Of course it was a woman. She's a G. Mm. They, <laughs> they were able to do it in labs, equipped with a shield for radio frequencies designed to prevent the influence of electromagnetic waves. They were joined by a man named Peter Hale, who was the top British expert in electronic frequency uh, frequencies and screening techniques, and Ralph Lovelock, who was a physicist and electronics expert. So they had people involved that didn't have anything to do with EVPs or paranormal right. or whatever. Yeah. And Peter Hale, who's known as one of the best in the world at his profession, said after the, he did the tests, from the results we obtained, something is happening which I cannot explain in normal physical terms. So this Whoa. is the top guy in the world yep. at top brains. electronic frequencies. And he's saying, no I don't fucking know what's going on, but something's mm. going on. Okay. That is when you know it's real. <laughs> Over the course of these tests, and they did, I think, I think they had four sessions. I could be wrong. There could be more. Um, they were able to record around 20 voices over the four sessions that they felt were a direct response to their experiments. There were others that they weren't clear enough, or there were others that, like, they couldn't figure out were a direct response to them, and they kind of left those out. But there were about 20 um, that they that were a direct response. And I actually want to go over a few of the phrases that they recorded to give you an idea of how kind of creepy these voices can be. Starting oh, with a voice they recorded in August of 2008. And all these voices, they had like loudness rating. The loudness rating was good. Intelligibility rating was very good. And this voice that they recorded said, no crie, which translates to, he does not believe. And this is where I want to reference back to the Raudiv recording, you are sleeping, you do not want to believe. This kind of right. message comes through a lot. The concern with the beliefs of the experimenters. Yeah. They'll oftentimes say thing like, things like, he does not see or he cannot see. Ugh. Wow. And I'm very curious as to whether they're referencing – to me, it's obvious, but I – you know, I, I don't fucking know. But whether yeah. they're referencing the experimenter's ability to experience the paranormal, which is something that we've covered on this show before, that mm -hmm. we sort of think that there are people who cannot experience it. Like, put them in the most haunted yeah. location in the world. They will be unable to feel, see, or hear it. Whereas other mm -hmm. people in the same room might be able to. Yeah. Which is wild. Um, and this mm -hmm. is something Insane. Uh, Constantine and Cordosa took into account with their testing. They both said they would get stronger and or more consistent results depending on who was conducting the session. Who was asking the questions? You know, when you do EVP sessions, they did them a lot of different ways. But like, for example, when you and I would do them... And this is something we have to take into account the next time we do a paranormal experiment. When we would do EVP sessions, what would we do? We would ask a question, then we would sit in silence. Mm. Right. And then we'd yeah. ask a question, then we'd sit in silence, That's hoping it. that one of those silences would have catching something. a voice. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, 
So depending on who they had conducting these and asking the questions, sometimes some people got a lot of responses and some people did not. So Mm -hmm. having mediums conduct these experiments could actually be a really cool thing to experience. I I have thought about that so much because I feel like we don't get a ton of action by any means. We're lucky that we've caught, mm -hmm. you know, things at all on our audio and I'm always stoked about it. But me, for example, I don't think I ever get a response. I think you have at least gotten a response, you know, like once or twice. I also feel like when our friend Tyler came on the Queen Mary with us, he, you know, depending on what we were using, what kind of tools we were using at the moment, was getting some sort of response. But I never do. I'm one of those people that (laughs) the other realm or whatever you want to call it is just like, nah, I'm not going to mess with her. She's not 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 my style. So I think about that often. I'm like, I would love to bring a medium or somebody who's really sensitive to be there because I think I'm harsh in the vibe. And I think we could get more results. And here's something that I, I... found interesting as well because that's actually not even the best way to do an evp session according to these tests according to these experiments that they've done um because the environment seemed to affect it a lot like in both experiments they found that if a conversation was happening between two people it allowed more voices to come through Now, it does make it a hell of a lot harder to translate them if they're being talked over, but you can still tell, say, like when a male voice speaks Spanish over a female voice speaking English, but it's almost as if the liveliness of the people in the session allowed for the energy to manifest itself, which makes me think of every other EVP we've ever caught, which always happened while we were talking. talking. Yeah, it's always while we're The little girl singing in the hallway. We're having a whole conversation. Like, we didn't hear it. It was happening. (laughs) So hard to look down there. Yes. Yes. Anyone here? Well, we just got a ding on the EMF. There's nothing. Not anything electrical here. When we were in the cemetery, you and I were talking. uh, We were Mm -hmm. actually at Sharon Tate's grave, and we were talking Mm -hmm. about that and how sad it was. And this French conversation came through. What a horrible, horrible death. They had already named him Paul. Right? That's a lot. Yeah. So yeah, it almost seems like the whole like question, wait for an answer thing is not the way to do it. It's yeah, you have to sort of like bring energy into your environment and it might manifest something. So take notes. We got to take notes here. Yep, 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 yep. It's always when we're chatting. (laughs) We just need to like sit in spooky areas and be like, so what's going on? So what's going on in your life? (laughs) Got any gossip? 
So to go along with the idea that these are voices of the dead, like I said um, earlier, oftentimes voices of people they had lost would chime in. This is your dead aunt. This is your sister. This is your wife, etc. Well, on June 17th, 2008, when they were recording at Metropolis and using Sony radio hiss as additional noise, that's another thing too. They, they experimented with a lot of additional noises. They would use a white noise machine, water sounds, dolphin noises, like, just to see if, if something other than silence helped to bring these voices out. Yeah. So they're using a hiss machine, a radio hiss, and Cardoso asked if Constantine Raudiv could hear her, and the voice that was recorded said, Estano Estudio, which translated to, he is in the studio. Oh my god! <laughs> which would make me poo-poo in my pantsies. <laughs> yeah, I would, I would poop and probably faint. And or run. I don't know. Again, I I react in very shocking ways. Yeah. Scream, bloody murder. Could be any of those. Wow. One time they were talking wow. amongst themselves, asking if everyone was ready, and they recorded a voice saying, Esta aquí o Cardosa, which translated to Cardosa is here. So like mm-hmm. the literal woman who was conducting the session, they got her name saying it was here and in that same session they got a voice yeah if it said my name no 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 in that same session they got a voice saying estamos aquí por cima which translated to we are here above we are here above we are here interesting and spooky another point one of the communicators inyaki asked if they were able to read his thoughts and the voices said somos capaces sim which translates to we are able yes Oh, my gosh. At one point, another session, they got a voice saying that there is record. Right after they started recording the session, a voice said there is record. As in, like, you know, there's a record of what we're saying now. They're recording, yeah. It's like, don't say anything you don't (laughs) Don't want written down. Don't say anything you don't want written down because we're (sighs) recording. At one point, they tried to use this, like, EVP maker, some supposed, like, ghost hunting device. We've tried to use them before. Yep, yep, yep. Why not? Mm. And as they were yeah. talking about how inconvenient this thing was, a voice came through that said, certainly so. <laughs> so literally this voice Hell is like, yeah, delete that this. fucking app. It's useless. <laughs> it's not real. What are you doing? And one of my favorites, they were conducting an experiment wherein the room of operators were just having a conversation, ignoring the recording session, just seeing what kind of things might come through, not really asking questions or anything. And apparently they got a voice that said, in the meanwhile, I'll wander through Vigo. The University of Vigo School of Communications was where they were recording at the time. And I like the idea of this ghost or communicator being like, well, I'm going to take a walk because no one's paying attention to me. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just going to take a stroll. You assholes. Let me know when when you're ready. While you guys are fucking chatting it up, I'm going to take a walk. Oh, my gosh. I want to be friends with all of these people who are speaking, if they are people, if you know, like people, they all, I feel like there's like a little sass, they're on top of they things. They are sassy. Yeah. I like it. But if you guys want to look into Raudiv's recordings, they're all supposedly in a storage room of a publisher named Colin Smythe in Buckinghamshire, England. But oh, if, you, <laughs> if you Google <laughs> Breakthrough, an amazing experiment in electronic communications with the dead PDF, you can read 
the book. You can read the whole thing. You can also buy a copy for like a couple hundred dollars if you can find one. But the PDF is free online. He has transcripts of all the voices they recorded. You can also yes, Google a two-year investigation of the allegedly anomalous electronic voices or EVP by Annabella Cardoso to read her full research paper along with the transcripts of the voices. Um, and it gives you all the details exactly where they recorded, what they did during the yes. sessions. Like, it's really fascinating. That's what I want because she's a G. She's and a G. She, <laughs> she did it for us. I like it. Also, um, if you check out our YouTube channel, um, you're either here now or you're listening, but it's uh, youtube.com slash keepitweirdpodcast. We have a section called EVPs and Extras, and you can listen to a couple strange things that we've caught on audio over the years of investigating and recording. And I'm so glad that I did this research, one, because I've always felt that EVPs are legit, mm -hmm. because that is something that we have experienced that... Yes. I don't have an explanation for. Right. But also, I love them. <laughs> I know. They're just so fun. No matter what I've is being really said or them. if it's even a language I understand, it is so fun. And I mean, again, for me, who doesn't have a lot of experiences in general with the paranormal, that's why I love these because this is something that I have now experienced multiple times through this podcast and our research and our ghost hunts. And I absolutely love it because it gives me, you know, those chills up my spine, the fun kind of chills up your spine. And no matter what we do, we can't explain what was happening in that moment. We know we were the only two people there. And it's very bizarre very. and cool. So, uh, and I also love that I did this research because now the next time I go on a paranormal investigation and I do want to conduct an EVP session, I have an entirely new way of doing it. Yeah. Like, we have new knowledge. Completely like, new we knowledge. We can go into this in a totally different way. Mm -hmm. I'm stoked. So am I. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> that was a dolphin. Well, I love it. Extra, extra, read all about it. Lauren's got a question and we want to talk about Go it. Go questions. questions. <laughs> oh, I had to go back and listen to our episode. I was like, what? What, what was ridiculous the thing did cheer? Ashley do? The question here that I was 1000% positive that was going to be deleted and never used and now is my favorite um, segment opener. <laughs> I truly love it. Like, no notes. It's great. No notes. Um, and remember that this question segment is for all of you listeners as well as Ashley yeah, and we myself. And you answers. can send us an email, a DM, a comment if you're on YouTube. Or you can now call us and leave a message on our special Keep It Weird number, 626-686-1821. Um, okay, today's question. Mm -hmm. If you could be a fly on the wall, who would you want to listen in on? I would want to listen in on David Miscavige. Mm, that's a really good one. And Shelly Miscavige, actually, because mm -hmm. I bet I'd hear fucking crickets because she's fucking dead and you can't convince me otherwise. <laughs> oh, my God. It's a horrible thing to say, she's but dead. I don't think she's alive. I kind of think the same. <laughs> um, and we're so on the same wavelength my sister and I were talking about this question earlier today and Julia said she would want to kind of be a past fly on the wall hers isn't a present answer oh, sure. she said I wish I could be a fly on the wall to know who killed John JonBenet Ramsey mm -hmm. and like be in the family's room 
like hear the conversations that happened right after. Yeah. And I, after she said that, I was like, damn, yes, obviously, because that mystery will torture me till the day I die. But um, so that was a really good one. And so then we went down a whole thing of unsolved mysteries, murders, disappearances, and that is easy to do. But one that is more current and that is also torturing me in the pop culture world, I would love to be a fly on the wall in Britney Spears' home. Good. Because I want to know gracious. what's going on there. Because it doesn't seem good. No. And part of me thinks she's being held hostage by her husband. And I don't, something's weird. I know. So I want someone yeah. who has no connection to her, cannot profit mm-hmm. off of her in any way, mm-hmm. to be able to go in there, like get a handle on the sitch, and then come out and tell us if she's okay or not. Right. Because, yep. you know, we were. I was one of them just saying, like, the conservatorship is bullshit. Like, she doesn't mm-hmm. need that. If if we're going to let Kanye West walk around being as yeah. batshit as he is, he's mm-hmm. not under conservator- conservatorship. Like, right. she, she should be at least in control of her own money that she makes. Yeah. Like, are you kidding right. me? If she blows mm-hmm. it, guess what? She blows it. She's an adult fucking That's woman. That's on her. But she is an adult, so give her the chance to blow all her money yeah. like a fool if she wants to. Yeah. But but now, now it's like she's free, but is she free? Yeah, I can't, I can't get I can't make heads or tails of it. Me Which either. like part and of me is like, like none of my fucking business. Like you totally, you know. I know. It's I'm just nosy. So that's <laughs> yeah, I'm why just I'm really like, nosy. if I could be if I could be a little fly spy, I'm nosy fly as fly spy. Oh. Yeah, it's like on that same vein. Like, I want to be in every room that Ariana and Tom Sandoval are in together. It's like I'm the pop culture idiot in me Mm -hmm. and reality TV obsessed person wants to know every little thing. But yeah, my sister really, as soon as she said John Bonet Ramsey, I was like, Lord, yes, somebody tell me the answer. That was one of my answers when uh, someone had asked me, like, when you die, what's the first question you're going to ask? And I was like, yes. who killed JonBenet Ramsey? <laughs> like, just uh, put same. it to bed. Yeah. Like, I ha- I'm not going <laughs> to live out the afterlife in peace until I have this answer. So same. you might as well fucking tell same, me. Same. Yeah, listeners, yeah, please call in, write in. Tell us if you could be a fly on the wall, any wall, a fly spy. Fly spy. What wall would you be on and why? That is all the time that we have this week for Keep It Weird. Thank you so much for tuning in as usual. Um, please follow us on social media at Keep It Weirdcast. Um, if you do follow us on social media, you would have known last week there wasn't going to be an episode because there was a fire. Um, and you wouldn't be sitting there going like, where's my Keep It Weird episode? Are they done? Are they <laughs> retired? We're not retired. Uh, we're, here. <sighs> we're here. I just almost died. But Follow us on social media at Keep It Weirdcast. That's Instagram, Twitter. We have a Facebook page. We have a Facebook group you can join. We have a ton of uh, chats. We have a horror movie chat, a mental health chat. So if you just want a group Ugh, I'm, of like-minded, been obsessed with yeah, that. individuals, yeah. so you can check in with them. You can, you know, they send like promising messages. Sometimes it's like, "Hey guys, I could really use a picture of your pets today." And everyone just sends pictures right. of their pets. It's really wonderful. It's really lovely. It's support, accountability, all of mm-hmm. it. So good. Yeah. So I, I highly recommend you join that if that's something you uh, like. Also. Please consider joining our Patreon, www.patreon.com slash keepitweirdpodcast. It's how we make money to produce this show. It's how we keep this show going. It's how we'll hopefully um, within the next year hire some 
social media help, maybe some editing help um, mm-hmm. that make our lives easier. Yeah. We could have recorded mm-hmm. last week. We could have just like right? banged one yep. out and then someone totally else could have taken care of it and we could have talked about the uh, fire then, but. Help us hire a team. Well, the cast didn't have the energy, so. <laughs> no, um, totally fair. But please do that as well. Uh, and now. Ah! <laughs> bees. It's hive mind. It's the bees. Hive mind. Okay, so you should know this by now. I'm feeling good. Feel good to <laughs> Unless you turn uh, our episode off before they end, which first of all, how could you? Second of all, I do the same shit as soon as they're like, thanks for listening. I'm I like, can't bye. I really fault you. But. I hope you got distracted and accidentally let it play and you've made it here. We hope you're still here, here because we are ending our episodes <laughs> attempting to enhance <sighs> our psychic ability. Now. We've had two tries. Both were unsuccessful, which is a bummer, but also time, to be expected. One time it was user error. Ashley said a shape that didn't exist in the deck, wow. so I'm still upset about that. Wait, one. here's the thing. Maybe you were thinking of a triangle. <laughs> it was a star, and the top point of a star is looks a triangle. Like a triangle. Maybe so, I only saw part of it. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, we've had two tries. Both were unsuccessful. That's to be expected. But... I'm going to be adding in some tips as well to see if we can get better at this. So today, our tip, Lauren, I'm going to be trying to send you a psychic message. And the tip I found today is to both tune out your senses. Try to tune out things you are hearing that might be a distraction. Um, Loosen all your muscles and close your eyes. And I'm going to do the same as I attempt to show you in your mind what is on this card. Do you want a refresher of what the cards are? Here you go. Yeah, I was like, wait a minute. (laughs) Because I'll say triangle. Plus sign. Square, circle, triangle, wavy line. You said triangle I did. Again. Star. It's a star. It's not a triangle. It's a star. I cannot. We, What's wrong with me? You're going to ruin us. Okay. okay. Do not say triangle. Got it. So um, <sighs> we're both going to close our eyes. I'm going to picture this. Are you ready? I'm going to send this to you psychically. Okay. Here we go. One, two, three. Wavy lines. No. No. Wavy lines. We did it. We did it. Shut up. We did it. We did it. I'm okay. so excited. Could be a fluke. Could be a fluke. Could be a fluke. I don't know. I felt like I was really tuning out the world. I was really, really concentrating on making wavy lines behind Same. my eyes. So. I I took like a deep breath. I like sighed out all of the air in my body. I let my body hang loose. I was like, I'm in silence. I really feel like I received your message. It was wavy lines. Okay, well, listen. So proud of us. Tune in next week where we will have another hive mode. We're not going to stop after again. we won. We're going to see if we can strengthen this. We're going to get to the point where we so. guess the right card every week. I, I believe it. I believe in us. Aw, uh, what if we got that one right because we were just together and we just needed to see each other in person to reconnect? Love that. Should we us. get this tattooed on our arms? Oh. Um, yeah. <laughs> Yes. Anyways, guys, see you next week. Keep it real.